Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Walters Wanderings Travel Podcast. This is episode number 10, using all the fingers today to get to where we need to be. And I just want to let you know that uh, my special offer for 2021 travel is still available for you for the next 20 days until the end of the year. Any travel you book between now and December 31st, 2020, for any travel that starts anytime in 2021, until December 31st, 2021, you will be able to get $21 off each $1,000 of vacation, the land portion or the cruise portion. So you'll be in a position to go ahead and take advantage of that. Say you have a trip and it's $4,000, you will save yourself big $84. So that's pretty nice, and I appreciate all of your business for each and every year, and 2021 promises to be a great travel year. Now, today we have a special guest on board with the uh, Wandering uh, Podcast, and that is going to be Chris Klein. Chris is the founder of a website and an app and everything else called uh, Pittsburgh Beautiful, and he's uh, getting ready to join us right now, and he'll be uh, on board in just a second. And here we go, and there's Chris. He's wandering around. He's finding his spot that he wants to be. Sorry, and that's fine. We 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 love that. We love how live uh, things work, and and so uh, while he's doing that, um, tell us a little bit about uh, Pittsburgh Beautiful and uh, and how how that came to be. Well, uh, first, I want to thank you for uh, inviting me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, these are always fun, and uh, we've done our own series, and we do a lot of videos, and and uh, there's just something about being creative. First of all, that's fun. So. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, Pittsburgh Beautiful is <clears throat> a um, basically almost like a crowdsourcing uh, social media platform. And a few years back, actually about 11 years ago, uh, the Pittsburgh region, I, I've been here since 1993. And my, um, uh, my grandparents were from Pittsburgh back in the 30s, 40s. And yeah, that's another story for another time. But uh, I ended up back here in Pittsburgh, and um, the region was having its its issues, the decline of the steel industry and everything. And in the early 2000s, we finally started to see a little bit of a renaissance and uh, some of the promises that had been made about um, revitalizing the neighborhoods and the economy started to come to fruition. And these things take time. And um, as they started to happen, I started to take pictures, and there was this new and interesting thing called Facebook, and uh, I decided to throw... Uh, uh, some pictures up on Facebook and um, fast forward from 2009 until today, it's become a platform that has uh, 220 some thousand followers. Uh, if you count Instagram, almost 300,000 followers and um, a website and uh, people just started sharing their pictures and that kind of morphed into, um, you know, doing a blogging about the history of Pittsburgh and supporting local businesses and photographers and, um, you know, doing a lot of video work and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's really incredible the, the beauty uh, that people see in the, in the places that they live. And, and, and that's where we are today. Well, it's a, it is a great place. I lived there for some time, both as a child and then in graduate school. So I can certainly vouch for how wonderful Pittsburgh is in many respects. I think the first thing that when we talk about Pittsburgh as a travel destination is its location. I, I think it's really important for people to know that it is within an eight-hour drive from Chicago. And it's within eight hours from Charlotte. It's within eight hours from New York. 
um, nine hours if you want to go from Nashville or Boston. And I think it's really important for people to know that, you know, Pittsburgh is a very accessible city, um, not only for the distance uh, it is to get there, but also in all the different things that uh, the nooks and crannies uh, of the city and the surrounding area. Um, do you want to expound on how the location really helps Pittsburgh as a tourist destination? Well, I, I think uh, everything you just touched on is right. I mean, we are as far as um, and, and living in Pittsburgh, I kind of look at it the opposite way, because, um, you know, when I leave Pittsburgh to go on vacation, what, what am I? Do? So, um, you know, it, it's helpful to look at it that way. I mean, we're, we're only, you know, an hour and a half, two hours at most from Lake Erie. Uh, and there's some destinations up there. Um, we're about four hours from Washington, D.C. and Baltimore and the Beltway communities. Uh, and of course, you have the Chesapeake Bay. Um, if you want to go to the beach, the Delaware beaches, add another hour, hour and a half. And this is all, of course, by car. Um, New York City um, is only about five and a half, six hours away. Philly is only about four and a half hours away. Um, and our airport has expanded in the last few years. And it's they're, they're, they were planning uh, pre-crisis uh, for a billion dollar expansion uh, because traffic uh, travel had picked up there. And I'm sure it'll it'll return to those levels. Um, so you're, you're an hour flight from New York, you're a two hour flight from the Florida beaches. Um, you know, uh, Cleveland is only about 90 minutes away. Um, points in Ohio, Columbus, Cincinnati, you know, you really are central to just about everything on the East coast. And, uh, as far as flights go, you know, there, there are flights to the West coast from here all the time. So as a, as a resident of Pittsburgh, uh, living here, it's not hard for me to travel outside of Pittsburgh. And um, I think there's more and more people looking at Pittsburgh as a destination um, now just because of the renaissance that's going on in the history that is here. Uh, and so it, there, there's a lot to do uh, in this surrounding area in western Pennsylvania. No, it's very true. And it's not just like in the city itself. Uh, there's a lot of natural beauty. Um, there are a lot of golf courses out in that area people be surprised by the number of golf courses there are. There's a, certainly boating available. You could boat on the three rivers and there's lots of lakes. There's a Lake Arthur that's not too far away, about a 40 minute shot away, um, which is a huge man-made uh, lake in Butler County. There, there's a whole bunch of natural things. What kind of natural uh, wonders and, and things do, do you think people might wanna take in if they're in the area? Well, I mean, it's it's uh, the the first thing I would do in Pittsburgh is I would I would go to Mount Washington. Uh, now that's in the city, um, but it's a natural wonder. I mean, it, Mount Washington was called Coal Hill uh, back in the early part of the city, or the early history of the city, um, because there was a lot of manufacturing and mining going on the other side. But now it's a tourist destination, and if you've been to uh, a number of cities around the country, like I have, like you have. Uh, the view from there is is pretty incredible, and that, that that's a that's a natural thing. I, I would obviously I would go down to the point to see the confluence of the three rivers and how they come together uh, in the city. Um, in the city itself, uh, the amount of trails for walking and biking it are, is just growing exponentially. Um, you've got the North Shore Trail, which goes from well north of the city all the way in, all the way down basically to Heinz Field. You've got uh, the trail on the south side. Uh, pretty much does the same thing. Um, then, of course, you've got Frick Park and Shenley Park, which are beautiful places. I'm actually going to be taking a walk in Frick Park a little bit later today with a friend of mine. So um, in the city itself, there's lots of things that that you can do active that you, you don't even feel like when you're in Shenley Park, you don't feel like you're in a city. Um, 
It's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I golf there. And I and they even have a golf course there. So I've golfed there. I know I know how it goes. Yeah, um, they have golf there too, if you like yeah. that. So <laughs> Yeah. Now um uh I think another thing you you touched upon like the history of Pittsburgh. I, I think that uh, helps lend to some of the sightseeing and stuff you can do because of the you know, those those uh, big industrial guys, you know, Frick and Scaife and Carnegie, of course. Um, you know, there, there's a whole bunch of things in Pittsburgh, in, in the Oakland section of Pittsburgh, where the universities uh, seem to congregate. There, there are some great museums, and I think we need to highlight those as well. Yeah, I mean, you have, you have the Carnegie Museum of Art, which is in Oakland. Um, you've got the Frick Museum. Um, which is in uh, region, or I'm sorry, in Point Breeze, um, and those are great. But Pittsburgh also has these these kind of these small regional museums as well. There's one called the Mattress Factory, which it's is a great museum. It's a quirk, one of the quirkiest places you'll ever go. Oh, it's crazy, and and uh, that's on the north side. Um, then of course you have the Andy Warhol Museum um, on the north side, which is always changing uh, and and pretty incredible. So. Um, and I've been to each one of these and they all have their, they all have their, um, um, their catches, you know, depending on the kind of art you like, depending on the kind of culture you like, uh, there's Carnegie music hall, which is right next to the Carnegie. Then you have the Carnegie science center, uh, which is on the North shore, right by Heinz field. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's an incredible amount of things that then you can even go to the Roberto Clemente museum, um, to see highlights of Roberto Clemente, who to this day, after his death 40 years ago, basically, uh, is still um, revered as, as a personality and, and loved by people, young and old. So um, this city has a lot of history in it and, and a lot of different opportunities for you uh, to enjoy, you know, time. That one, one other that I forgot to mention is the Heinz History Center, which is downtown. Um, which is a relatively new museum, uh, but it highlights obviously the history of Pittsburgh, and and we all know that Heinz ketchup uh, is huge <laughs> in this city. Even though they don't make it here anymore, it's still a big part of it. And then of course they have the sports uh, part of the Heinz History Center, which is dedicated obviously to the great sports teams here: the Penguins, the Pirates, the Steelers, and then then when you go back far enough, you know Pitt played a big role in college football and all that kind of stuff. So there's something for everybody here, and. When it comes to the city itself, um, you could you can hit one or two of these in a day, depending upon how long you stay. You, you know, you, you want to be in the city uh, or how long you stay at the museum. You could spend an entire day at one of these places or they're close enough that you could actually hit even two or three of them uh, within a day. It doesn't take long to travel around the city, although Pittsburghers will talk to you about traffic. I, I've lived in you know other places in my life like Philly uh, and I've seen traffic in L.A., uh, and so as a visitor from outside of Pittsburgh, when they talk about traffic, you know, there's really no traffic here. No, the, the, only, the only traffic is when they slow down before the tunnels and you still can't figure out what that's all about. Yeah, I, I can't figure it out. I've been here 30 years. I, can't I know. I, it just, it just it, it boggles the mind. Anyways, um, now another thing that um, people want to do when they're on vacation is, you know, sample food and drink. You know, it's a, a, a huge part of the authentic experience is finding authentic eating and drinking experiences, not only for the 
actual food itself, but there's a social component too. You might get to learn something about some culture and all. And because Pittsburgh has a lot of it, I would call it more of a tossed salad perhaps than a melting pot. It, it has a lot of different influences because the neighborhoods actually were carved out by some of the different immigrant groups. Oh, so yeah. but when you go to different places, you'll find some of these different immigrant groups still have some influence. And then of course you have some places that sort of supersede all of that. So what are some of the like, uh, you know, culinary choices that you would, uh, you know, send people toward uh, when they come to visit Pittsburgh? It's, it's interesting you mentioned that because Pittsburgh recently has uh, found a place on the map as kind of like a foodie uh, destination. And, uh, you know, I, moving here in 1993, it, it, it wasn't that at all. It was, um, I, I remember back early when I first moved here, 93, 94, somewhere in that range, uh, one of the local papers came out with the best of, you know, and I think every major city does this, the best of Pittsburgh culinary the best of pittsburgh this the best of pittsburgh that and best the the best the, the readers of that paper voted as the best seafood place in pittsburgh now keep in mind this was 1993 94 at the time red lobster and i'm, I'm not taking anything away from red lobster uh, <laughs> love it that's great um but maybe, give me their hush puppies any day you know Absolutely. Well, and I grew up in 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 a in a town called York, Pennsylvania, which is and my my mother was from Baltimore. Um, oh, see, you know, you're spoiled from the Baltimore part, but but York was kind of bereft of any of that stuff. So there you go. Right, but so when when I I remember I remember reading that and just rolling my eyes, thinking, really, there there and but that gave you an idea because the standard foods back then were the things that we've all heard about, you know, pierogies. Um, um, Permani sandwiches, the sandwiches with the French fries and the coleslaws, a lot of fried food, a lot of Polish food, um, you know, Little Italy, Bloomfield section of the city. There was a lot of Italian food. You know, it was kind of the typical major metropolitan area, as you touched on here, different areas of the city that had been um, um, settled by different types of immigrants. They, they held on to their food uh, and you really had to look. There were some hidden gems here and there. But if you wanted to. Uh, fine dining or you wanted something cutting edge um there weren't a lot of thai restaurants um there there weren't a lot of there weren't a lot of seafood joints now i think there's a place called woolies which is a seafood market they would disagree with me and i mean you could get great seafood down there uh back then and you still can but the restaurants themselves weren't focusing on it so fast forward to today and you still have those staples you know, you have the Permani sandwiches. Now Permani's is a chain that that they have restaurants. I think all around the country now. But you can, you can I found one in Lancaster when I was there a couple of months ago. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. There, so you know, you can get those. You can you can get your pierogies. The pierogies are not just a Pittsburgh thing, but you know, pierogies, kielbasa, all that stuff. Um, fries, salads with French fries on it. That's a big thing here in Pittsburgh when I moved here. I, I ordered a salad one day and it came with French fries and I thought, no, I did, but I didn't order French fries. So, um, but if you fast forward to today in the last 10 years, what we've seen, and, and I think it really has to do with, first of all, the location that we've talked about. Um, it's kind of a hub for the Midwest. And also the fact that the cost of living here and the cost of doing business here, while there is a, a little bit of a heavier tax burden in this area of the state, um, the, the actual cost of doing business and the cost of living here is relatively low. So I think it's it's attracted and it's an open, it was an open marketplace. So 
you could come here 10 years ago and open up a Mexican fusion restaurant and you had a pretty good chance of being the first one. And there is a large population, you know, there, there's the city itself has a little shy, is a little shy of 300,000 people. And then the surrounding metro area is 2.4 million or so inhabitants. So there's an audience here for that. Um, and with the universities and the hospitals and the tech companies coming in, you're bringing people in from outside that have experienced a different culinary palate in their lives. That's true. There's a demand for it. Um, and now you can get just about anything you want. Um, you know, there's a, there's a new restaurant down in Braddock, uh, Superior Motives. I think that guy was, was uh, named uh, one of the best chefs in the United States uh, a couple years back. Um, and there's these little restaurants with different types of food, anything you can think of popping up in just about every neighborhood, as well as the surrounding areas. Um, so I, I actually, for my podcast, I interviewed a guy uh, last year who works in the, with the downtown uh, commercial development corporation. And he talked about moving here from New York in the nineties and how he couldn't get, um, anything after a certain, he lived downtown. He couldn't get any kind of food after a certain time downtown except a piece of pizza. And he's from New York, so he's comparing. And now the difference is uh, it's like any other major metropolitan city. You know, you can get just about anything you want at, a, at any time. There's such a huge difference. Um, well, I know that my, the, the very best mac and cheese I ever had was uh, on Mount Washington, actually, at the Shiloh Grill. It's uh, just, you know, and it just it blew my mind. And it was actually it was funny because it was July 4th and we mm -hmm. came in for the fireworks, me and my family. And we actually got a, we got seating on a porch, which was like, like you, you score that you're scoring. You're scoring very well. And they said, I said, what, what, what do you what do you recommend? And they said, well, try the mac and cheese. And I'm going like, oh, all right. And I tried the mac and cheese. And I was like, whoa, this is mac and cheese, folks. You know. So yeah, you do find these hidden gems and chestnuts. Now, um, you we touch upon like the tech and the medical stuff. And Pittsburgh, you know, part of the first Renaissance back a while ago was obviously to bulk up on the tech, on technical stuff, and on medical stuff. And I think Pittsburgh's a, a leader in many respects. Certainly the uh, you know, the University of Pittsburgh hospital system and all that um, is uh, one of the world leaders, especially when it comes to transplants and stuff. And there's a lot of tech stuff going on. There's a, there, there are just technical things happening all over. Do you want to speak to that and how that affects, you know, people and tourism and all that? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the um, um, one of the big universities we have here, CMU, uh, their robotics institute is huge. And, um you know, that was kind of the that was kind of the, the big thing 25 years ago. And, you know, with the dot com boom and all of the other tech coming on board, uh, what you've seen is and, and I touched on this when I touched on, you know, the restaurant industry and the food industry. Um, a lot of these companies looked at CMU and of course, you can throw the University of Pittsburgh in there and, and, and of course, Robert Morris and uh, Carlo College, which is now Carlo University and uh, just this this. Uh, conglomeration of education uh, and high-tech education in Pittsburgh. And um, what a lot of these companies saw was uh, a very low cost of living and also a, a workforce that was highly trained in, in you know, software, uh, robotics, uh, AI, all kinds of stuff. And they would, they would lure these kids from CMU 
and I'll use that as the example because that's the big that's the big school out here for for tech stuff. Um, they would lure them from CMU to Silicon Valley or down to Texas or North Carolina or you know wherever that their their offices were. And somebody at some point looked at Pittsburgh and said, you know what? Um, and let's face it, companies are in business for a profit. We we can open an office here. Uh, the cost of living is less. Uh, the cost of doing business is less. And we've got a built-in, you know, a built-in recruiting factory in in all of the universities, and and also the medical facilities, which require tech on a regular basis. And next thing you know, you've got Google putting in, you know, huge offices uh, basically in the city. You've got Microsoft coming in. You've got Facebook coming in, and um, it's just continued to expand. And wherever you see these tech companies, you have Uber, who has big offices here. You have um, uh, what, what, there's another one. I, I, the name escapes me now, but they're big into self-driving cars and you see their cars all over the city, uh, along with Uber. Um, but, um, you know, what, what amazes me is how quickly that happened. Every place, one of these, uh, large tech companies, uh, starts to put, you know, their, their stamp on the, the area, the area begins to revitalize. So you look at a neighborhood like East Liberty and, uh, East Liberty back in the heyday of Pittsburgh was was considered a, a really lively neighborhood with a lot of opportunities for 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 people of all of all all kinds of diverse peoples. And in the 60s and 70s, um, you know, it kind of fell on hard times when the steel industry went under. It fell on even harder times in the last 10 years. East Liberty, which is pretty much where Google's offices are, has experienced a revitalization that is that is nothing short of of amazing so and there are three great boutique hotels right there in east liberty there you go and there's good food and you can even go to mellon's fire escape the east liberty uh, you know presbyterian church there you got it <laughs> absolutely beautiful you know it, it it dominates the skyline in the eastern part of the city and i, I it's it's a cathedral is what it is. It is. He 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 had the history of that is he had a big fight. He was he was at Shady Side Presbyterian Church. He had a big fight with the church elders. So he says, well, "I'm just taking my stuff and I'm moving." And he literally put all his put a lot of money into building that church, and and it's affectionately known as Mellon's Fire Escape. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> something, Scott, because I didn't I didn't I didn't realize that I didn't realize. Well, there's see, you learn something today. Look at that. Yep. So when you, next time you're out there, you can say you can you just point out to friends that are, that are coming from out of town. That's Mellon's Fire Escape, and they'll be going, "Oh, what?" Yep, I'm going to do a post on Pittsburgh Beautiful about that. You'll see. There it. you go. Um, now I have a family of five with with three kids. Now my kids are now teenagers, mm -hmm. more or less, which is great because they have they have a different they have a different set of needs and wants when it comes to their vacations. What 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 places do you think are like the most family friendly? places to go to in the Pittsburgh area. You know, obviously we have, we have the obvious with the science center, of course, with, with the submarine and then the, the sports uh, center there and we have Tennywood, but what other places would you recommend for families with children to go to? Oh, well, I mean, you have the children's museum on the North side, uh, which is, it's great. Even up into early teen years. Um, definitely. Uh, there, there really isn't a place in Pittsburgh that, that I wouldn't consider family friendly. Um, any of the museums are wonderful. Um, going down to Point State Park is uh, on, on a nice spring or summer day is beautiful. Um, you know, take the inclines up to Mount Washington and walk around. Um, of course, I would recommend, you know, when they start playing baseball again, go to PNC Park, walk around the North Shore. The Mr. Rogers Memorial is there. Um, it's hard to get Steelers tickets, but if you're here in the fall, 
go to Heinz Field. Uh, believe it or not, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fans are they're pretty friendly people. Uh, you know, unless you're, you're a Ravens fan or a Browns fan, I wouldn't recommend wearing those colors here. But still, <laughs> they still hand you a they may still hand you a kielbasa or a pierogi, and you know, say we're gonna we're gonna beat you anyway. But anyway, so. I, you know, I, I find that Pittsburgh itself, one of the one of the most incredible things to me when I first moved here, I moved here from Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a beautiful city, a um, lot of history there. Absolutely love living there, but there's a different mindset. And when I moved here to Pittsburgh, what I found is that Pittsburgh, it, it's a family-friendly place. It's just a friendly place. Uh, people are happy to give you directions. They're happy to point you in the right way. They're happy to say, hey, you dropped this. Hey, can I help you here? Uh, that's not to say that that the residents of Philly, I didn't make friends there and they weren't nice, but the attitude there is a little different. It's a much larger urban area. You know, they've got kind of that like New York attitude, you know, and so, um, but in Pittsburgh, it was so welcoming and so open um, that it, it just, it struck me. And then being here for the last 30 years, um, you know, as a tourist coming into town, uh, if you want to bring your kids here, it's it's less about can I find something family friendly and more about, you know, are we going to be able to accomplish everything? Because there is so much to do. Go down to the strip district, um, you know, and this is just stuff we're talking about in the city. We could do a whole podcast about what's outside the city um, and, and at, at some time, because th there's just so many areas outside the city that you can go to. Uh, that, you know, like Falling Water, which is Frank Lloyd Wright, uh, Moraine State Park up in the north. Um, you know, I mean, it's just just to name a few. So um, I, I would say just just make a plan, um, bring your family, get here and explore. So one, one more thing before I let you go. What, what is your one Pittsburgh guilty pleasure that you haven't necessarily told anyone else about that you want to share here? My guilty pleasure I haven't told anyone else about. I don't know. I'm kind of an open book. I mean, a, a, even a, a guilty pleasure is is that I haven't told anybody else about. I don't know. I don't know if that's uh, I don't know if that's possible. I, I will tell you that um, I, I'm a meat eater, so I, I love I love steak. I love good steak, and um, if I could, I would eat it every night. Uh, and I love rare steak. And uh, by rare, what I mean is if, if it was mooing 10 minutes ago, I'm in. And there is a way to cook a steak. It's called Pittsburgh Rare. Uh, and there's actually a blog post I have about it on, on PittsburghBeautiful.com. Because when I moved here, I didn't know that term. And I went to a restaurant and I've always liked rare steak. And I, I didn't know if they would cook it there or not. So how do you want your steak? And I said, I want it rare, but I want it like as rare as possible, please. And the server said to me, oh, you want a Pittsburgh rare? And I said, okay, explain. Ah. What that is, is I didn't even know it was a thing. And I had been here for a while, but they literally will uh, char the steak on the outside. I mean, you fire your grill up or your griddle up as high as it'll go and you burn the steak on the outside. Now, I don't mean burn like it's charcoal, but you, you basically sear it until it's almost burnt and then you serve it and what happens is it literally seals the juices inside and it stays pink and rare and cool on the inside um and that to me i had never had a pittsburgh rare steak until then uh now as a matter of fact my wife and i are going out to dinner tonight before the this most recent round of 
of uh, shutdowns is coming in. We're, we're going to try it. I'm going to get a Pittsburgh rare steak in. So there's my guilty pleasure. That's a, that's a good one to have, I think. You know, as because uh, I'm not I'm not vegan, I'm not vegetarian. I'm 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 quite the omnivore myself. And my son is vegetarian, so no offense to the vegetarians oh, out there. Man. I have lots that's a tough road to hoe. Looks, uh, what can I tell you? What can I tell you? Well, listen, Chris, it's been it's been absolutely a pleasure to have you on board. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, again, I think Pittsburgh is very underrated as far as cities go, and uh, I think it's it's a great uh, it's a great place to plug. And once the dust settles from all this COVID stuff, I think it's going to be even bigger and better than ever. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, again, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's been fun. It was great to meet you when we did our podcast, uh, I think about a year ago now. Wasn't about it? a year ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate the opportunity always to talk about one of my favorite places. So I appreciate it. I'm going to let you go and I'm just going to give a little sign off and, and I just want to let you know to have a great day and enjoy your steak tonight. All righty. Thank you, sir. And you have a wonderful holiday and stay safe. I will. I will. Thank you. All right. That was Chris from pittsburghbeautiful.com now listen $21 off each one thousand dollars of land or air uh, or not land or cruise not air not insurance anything you want to go ahead and take care of next year with me go way off and travel i appreciate it coming up we got to talk about ireland we're going to talk about being a rock and roll roadie we're going to do all kinds of unbelievable podcasts so make sure you subscribe to my youtube channel take care and have a great day